Welcome to the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this by my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent. And what may be the biggest newsworthy, let's see, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're recording this on Thursday, five days of news we've had in quite a long time in the world of pro wrestling. I mean, just WrestleMania weekend in and of itself is usually big news, but there's been more stuff going on, obviously, behind the scenes and all of that good jazz to talk about. So what we're going to do here is we're just kind of going to go in chronological order from Saturday to this past Wednesday on Dynamite and just kind of go through all the events going through uh, those spots. So let's start with WrestleMania Saturday. Uh, Probably, at least in my opinion, since they switched to two nights, the best one night of WrestleMania they've done so far. I mean, you look at the main event, the tag title match. You look at Charlotte and Rhea, which I thought started off kind of slow and then just boom, like went into the next gear like nothing. You got Seth Rollins, Logan Paul. You had a tag team showcase match. Uh, you just had all this good stuff constantly happening. I mean, if you took Austin Theory and John Cena and swapped it with the Intercontinental Title match from the other the night of the next night, you could probably just make an argument that it was the best night of WrestleMania ever of all time. And even the Theory Cena match wasn't anything terrible. Uh, of course, I also had the six woman tag that was fine too, but. I think overall that night was just a, a home run for the WWE and pretty much everybody was talking about that. And you look at it and you say, man, this is great. We are going to be leading into a great night too. But I mean, from night one, I'll ask you chairman first here, just how good was night one to you? Night one was everything I wanted. I think I can speak for a lot of fans. Night one was very, very good. Lots of great matches. You know, obviously there was a lot of speculation on who was going to close the show. And, you know, and I think the right decision was made by giving KO Sammy and Usos the main event spot. The story was there as Triple H touched on in his uh, presser after the first night. You know, that was a big story going in. But, I mean, like you said, Justin, Rhea, Charlotte, you know, fantastic women's match. Probably one of the best women's matches of all time. I mean, this thing, you know, they, they were backs against the wall, you know, and they, they stepped up because, they, you know, they probably felt disrespected to lose their main event spot. But Ray and Don was fun. We'll talk about all these matches. But, you know, this was a very, very fun night one. Man, I completely forgot Ray and Don was night one, too. Man, that was, I mean, Dominic's entrance, I think, was kind of become one of my favorite WrestleMania entrances. Just the whole... Um, the whole video package before that and him coming out in the in the squad van. Uh, it was just great. My non-wrestling fans that were watching uh, wrestle, watching the first night of WrestleMania with me loved it, too. They thought it was hilarious. Uh, and, yeah, like you said, the story, like you said, Triple H said, the story's there with, you know, the tag title match be there. And like you, and I also agree, like, Rhea and Charlotte kind of built to that end, end half of the match going, okay, we'll show you why we should have main evented. And they got the crowd back into it. So good for them, too. Got to give them props as well. Uh, just, Cam, what are your thoughts overall on night one? Yeah, despite what Ric Flair said on, on uh, whatever podcast he did about the women should have main evented, he only said that because of his daughter. Um, I mean, I thought night one was fantastic. C- scene in theory was a little shorter than I thought it was going to be. But overall, I mean, from top to bottom, every match delivered. Um, it looked like a Triple H booked WrestleMania. I don't know. It came. I thought it was a very well done show. I think you know, it started getting a little long in the length, so I think they kind of some of the segments were a little longer than they should have been. But overall, I thought everything was great. 
Yeah, and send like um as far as magical, we'll talk about kind of everything and where it built up to after we talk about night two and for the future of the WWE storyline wise. Of course, that's all in flux too. Uh, and you get to night two, then we've got uh the great triple threat match between uh, the Intercontinental match between Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. Uh, fantastic stuff. I thought Brock Omos for what it was was fine. It was short. You know, it made Omos. They it that one match I think I said on Twitter did more for Omos than anything anybody had done before that for him. I thought it was a good use of him. Uh, I'm not gonna say you know obviously it wasn't a world beat or anything, but it was good. It was it was good for what it was. Uh, you had Bianca retaining against Asuka, which I thought was kind of questionable. Although uh, Cam and Chamber are the ones to pick Bianca, and I'm the only one who picked Asuka, so that's also probably why too. Um. The Hell in a Cell match was fine. Uh, I mean, like, I know, you know, I was going to be ready. I was ready to all complain about, you know, stopping the Hell in a Cell match for blood because that's what this match is supposed to be. And then when I saw the actual gash on Finn Balor's head that they had a staple in the ring, I'm like, okay, I guess you can justify stopping the match there for a little bit considering the size of the gash that he had. Um, And then, of course, we had the main event where mostly everybody kind of thought Cody Rhodes was going to walk out as world undisputed WWE universal champion. And no, be Roman Reigns retains in a move that like, shocked a lot of people. I mean, like I said, shocked all of us. We all ended the show last week, the preview show talking about how we thought uh, Cody was winning. We all were picking Cody and then Roman retains and we don't really know what goes next for here for Roman. So I thought night two was it was fine. I mean, it was it was going to be impossible to live up to what happened the night one. But I thought each match was, you know, outside of the Intercontinental title match was down slightly a peg. So, like, while the Intercontinental title match was better than the U.S. title match, I thought the Raw women's title from the night before was better than the SmackDown women's title. I thought the tag team main event was a little better than the world title match. Although, of course, you know, I probably also that's because we all are expecting Cody to win and that didn't end up happening. Um and it wasn't a bad night per se, but I just don't think it lived. I obviously couldn't live up to night one. I still think overall I would give this a solid, I guess if I'm giving it numbers, maybe like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. The wrestling was there. Um, it, would, it would probably crack a top 10 easily for me when it comes to all-time WrestleManias. I don't know if it would get to my top 5, but I just think overall it was a very solid two nights of wrestling for the WWE. Uh, back to you, Chairman. What do you think? Night one was for the fans. Night two was what Gomez Adams wanted. Um, it just felt very Vincey. Like, other than the uh, Guther Sheamus Drew match, which I thought was really good, and you know we expected that match to be really good. Though those three guys, you know, they're hard workers. They hit hard. They they know how to get the job done. But I mean, when I heard that Brock and you know Omos was starting night two, I was like, okay, whatever. And then the women's tag matches after that, and it's like, okay, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, the next four matches I'm kind of looking forward to. And Bianca and Asuka, like, we saw what Rhea and Charlotte did night one, and unfortunately these two girls just couldn't live up to that match. I mean, Rhea and Charlotte's been amazing. And, I mean, Asuka lost, and I know there's a lot of people upset. Asuka, I guess, is over five at WrestleMania now, so she has the uh, Sasha Banks curse, who I don't think won into her last WrestleMania. But, you know... So, of course, there's a lot of disgruntled folks, and they're saying, oh, Bianca's stale, and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, Bianca is a worker, and, you know, she can talk. She presents herself well. I mean, she she's she's awesome. 
I just don't know what they do for now because she's kind of beat everybody. But you know, that's that's the creative problem to figure out what to do with her next. You know, and you know, he's had Justin Vin Balor's head getting busted open. Just can't believe you finished the match. I'm a little disappointed that Demon lost. I really thought he needed to win more than Edge. I kind of was speculating that maybe Demon Finn Balor would be the one challenging Cody Rhodes. But oh, that's right, Cody didn't win either. And I was really into this match too. Like this match, you know, between Roman and Cody was really good. But then the finish just felt really stupid. Like, oh, Solo's back in the hooded sweatshirt, just like Drew McIntyre, classless casual, and that's how it ends. And it's like everyone's pissed. You know, social media is on an uproar, and you know we don't know what's going to happen next. But you know, it, it just felt like a very Vince-like move there to do that. I mean, obviously Roman's closing in on a thousand days, so not completely surprised, but just disappointed that Cody didn't win. And some people are saying, "Oh, the story's not finished yet." But like. You know, this is the problem. Is somebody doesn't sometimes hit when the iron's hot with a guy. Like, they'll do it too late. And I think this was the moment they hit Cody. Like, we talked a couple years ago when, like, Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, back when the Brock Lesnar reign of tear era was going on. Like, you could have hit with those two. But, unfortunately, it's too little too late when they finally got their moment. I don't think Joe ever did win the WWE title. But Braun did. But by then, it was too late. But I'm, I'm afraid, you know, Cody supplied some time maybe. But I think WrestleMania was Cody's chance to really, really strike you know, he has a super over baby face, you know, a generational talent. And I feel like they let this one drop. So I don't know. We'll see what happens next, I guess. Yeah, especially when you heard all before WrestleMania that there were all these reports that Roman was going to be taking an extended break um, during, you know, after WrestleMania. It's like, so are we not going to have any kind of world champion around for the next, you know, three months going into whatever money in the bank? It's like, I agree that it was time to strike when the iron was hot with Cody and I think any chance for Cody to win effort if he gets a rematch at SummerSlam or next case WrestleMania just isn't going to work like it's just not going to have that same feeling to it um it just yeah like you said there's wait I mean I've seen people saying you know it should be Jay Uso beating Roman Reigns I'm like no I, I love Jay Uso and I love all the work he's done in the storyline with Sammy and Roman but that doesn't need the title and even if you get the rock coming in at some point that doesn't need the title either it'd be disappointing if the rock was the guy to end roman reigns you know reign or if you want to go that way i just it just doesn't work at all for me uh as as far as that goes and like you said, i don't know what's next obviously we saw from raw they're going to cody and brock which makes me think roman's probably not going to be around and we got pretty much back where we are when we had brock as world champion where we got a world ta- a champion who just isn't around a roman's as around more than brock is but he's just not around as much and hey the guy's earned it the guy's busted his ass with WWE for the last you know however many years he earns a contract with this he earns a schedule that's fine but i just wish the title uh stayed you know got off him at this point and we kind of went to the the crumbling of the bloodline story rather than roman still being champ um, what are your thoughts, Cam? Night two and the Roman storyline. By the way, I got to give you credit. You went um, eleven and two uh, this past weekend, while Chairman and I both went eight and five. So you've caught up now. You're tied with Chairman at twenty-one and ten, and I'm at twenty and eleven overall for the year. Were my losses Edge and and Rome and Cody? No, Edge won. Don't forget. Uh, your losses were Cody. And then oh, the yeah. men's tag title match, which none of us got right. We all picked somebody else besides. Um, uh, yeah, whoever with Street Profits. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Chairman took the words out of my mouth. Night one and night two were like two completely different entities booked by, by two completely different people. It felt different. The presentation was different. And every single match, the Brock, you know, Brock match, the decision was fine. And Gunther retaining, awesome. Everything else was 
ass backwards and it made no sense to me it felt lazy and contrived and fucking Shane came back for no fucking reason at all and, and Snoop Dogg delivered a, the best night part about night two was like looked like Snoop Dogg really punched the Miz like he straight up went old school and just punched that fool um, night two was not good nothing about it was was good except the triple threat was fine I thought Bianca and Asuka was okay. I think Asuka should have won. I mean, I, the lengthy title reigns are good, but I agree. I think it was time. Asuka was heating up. Everyone was back into it. They were into her change. You know, she's wearing the face paint like she did in Japan. The momentum was there, and they didn't do it. Vince move. Um, we get to the main event, and, I mean, I have so many feelings. This match went from a top three WrestleMania match of all time to a bottom three we're going to talk about this in a couple years when we do worst booking decisions in wrestlemania history when we when we do our annual stuff like that this is going to be in these worst decisions and if you're gonna i have if you want to keep roman the champion fine can he do it cleanly please it's fucking wrestlemania they just had an amazing match not only did we get everything encompassing this entire story Sammy got his revenge on him. The Usos got taken out. Solo got kicked out for cheating, which has been their MO for three for since he's got called up. Everything was there. Cody got out of the guillotine chokehold, which Michael Cole said no one's ever done before. We had everything. And you went with the laziest, worst, like uncreative decision to come back and just have Solo spike him. And that's it. That's it, and he hits the spear. As soon as as soon as he hit, soon as Solo came back and hit the spike, and Cody like started walking around, and Roman got in the corner for the spear. I was like, "That's fucking it. This is how they're really gonna do it, huh?" And they did it, and they did Cody so dirty. And does he even come back from this? To be completely honest, now again, I said, "I'm if you wanted to keep Roman the champion and hit a thousand days, and at some point, I don't think there's gonna be any money. I can't think. I mean, if they want to do Braun Breaker, that's." horrible idea um i don't see them building up seth to that level of dethroning a thousand plus day reign even though they could this was the moment like we everyone keeps saying this was the time and they didn't do it and now cody's going to be in a few with brock where if he doesn't win that first match versus brock lesnar cody might as well fucking go back to aew because he's dead in the water um it was it was it was bad and i am embarrassed to say that it was something so built up that it's just it was terrible it was just Vince all over it and it's terrible it's not even funny yeah and especially when you try to find the next baby face on the roster I mean Braun Breaker I think just turned heel on NXT this past Tuesday they did a double turn with him and Carmelo Hayes so I don't think he's coming up anytime soon obviously you don't got a Jay White showing up to possibly challenge Roman Reigns I mean, you got a guy like Gunther, but, I mean, if Vince is in charge, is he really going to push Gunther to that spot? I mean, he's had a long reign as Intercontinental Champion, but I think you need Gunther to beat a babyface for the title. I mean, you you can't go back to Brock now that Brock turned heel. There's just no ready-made babyface in the chamber to jump up and take that spot. That's why it makes me worry that they're thinking about, oh, we can get The Rock for this show. Or who knows, maybe they secretly think they have a huge deal with Kenny Omega lined up. I doubt that's the case. But there's just no ready-made champion for them to kind of, or ready-made babyface, excuse me, 
to be the next guy to logically take the title off Roman. And it seems like this backlash show in Puerto Rico is going to be, you know, a focus on Bad Bunny, which is what fine, whatever. I don't care. Uh, you know, that's fine. I had have any problem. It's a B pay per view. It's not like it's a it's a top level show. Uh, and it's just like so we're really going to have no champion around again for this next time frame. Um, it's it's yeah, it's questionable. I mean, I said like explain to me how this doesn't make Cody Rhodes the Lex Luger of 2023, 20 years later when it happened to Lex Luger in 1993. I'm sorry, oh God, it's 30 years, jeez, 30 years later, um, it's, you know, here we are with Cody with the same thing, and it's like, how did you not learn your lesson from the first time? Um, so that kind of leaves us to, you know, where are we going from here? I'm kind of, I know I said we we're going to go chronologically, I'm going to skip over the Endeavor purchase right here and just kind of go to the follow-up now on Raw with... Man, that was one of the worst Raws in recent memory. It didn't really lead us down any path whatsoever. I mean, we had Rhea and Bianca have a promo exchange that didn't really lead anywhere. Uh, you've got Seth coming out there and just doing his music, uh, you know, doing the dance like that and not saying anything else afterwards. Yeah, Brock Lesnar being hyped up as the tag partner of Cody, only for him to turn on Cody right away. Um, I guess I could tie this into the Endeavor thing because they're, you know, Vince was apparently backstage at Raw on Monday. And from all reports, it seems like Vince is back in charge of things, switching things around at the last minute. It was just a giant mess. And even my, we actually didn't get together for night two because night one ran so long, my friends and I. So we got together for the Raw after Mania thinking, hey, maybe something different will happen. But no, like nothing whatsoever. And it's like you really couldn't have had even any call-ups in the slightest. You could have maybe had, you know, the Creed brothers instead of the Street Profits challenge KO and Sami Zayn for a new team. You could have had uh, Grayson Waller come out and interrupt Seth Rollins while he was out there doing his thing. Get some new fresh talent into the top spot here. But it just looked like a giant mess that we don't really know where anything is going right now as far as WWE goes. And I'll be interested to see what the reports are going to be on SmackDown uh, tomorrow with is Vince there? Is Vince not there? Is Vince running things from far away? Who the hell knows? But. Watching Raw on Monday gave you pretty much no hope at all for what's coming next in the WWE. And it was funny when Triple H was out there doing his promo talking about how there's one more guy we want to thank him. Everybody started booing. I thought for sure he was going to bring Vince out and listen to the boos rain down. But it was Roman Reigns instead. But Raw, it's so weird how you go from... You know, this past summer up until Mania where everybody was hyped, everybody was looking forward to, you know, what's next for the WWE. And then just one three-hour show just completely changes everything uh, as far as your perspective looks on the WWE. Uh, just back to you, Chairman. What are your thoughts on all of that? I am sad because the last few months of WWE was really, really fun. It was exciting, it was decent, it was watchable again. And now with Gomez Adams lurking around again, like, I don't even want to watch SmackDown this week. I don't want to watch it again. It's it's just terrible. Like, cage match, I see people voted the worst Raw of all time with like a 0.62 rating or something. And, you know, the thing is, Raw started off great. I mean, obviously Cody came out and confronted Roman and those guys, and that was, you know, fine. I mean, I was totally, totally for that. You know, they made the match, you know, Brock and Cody versus you know, Roman Solo main event. Cool. You know, I was excited, but then your first match is Omos is Jones versus Elias. I'm like, this is the first match. Really? This is garbage, bro. And then of course, you know, you have just the night just got worse and worse. And, you know, Seth Rollins comes out 
And then they, in the middle of the commercial break, they say, oh, by the way, bud, your promo got cut. And then, like, Damage Control comes out without Bailey. Bailey's not mentioned, and now people are starting to speculate if she's going to leave now. And, of course, with Gomez Adams lurking around, people are probably going to want to leave or, you know, get released or whatever. I mean, it, the, the toxic, toxicity over again. It's bad again. Like, no one's excited for this at all. It's just, that dude needs to go away. I heard there's going to be a SmackDown getting hijacked by fans, apparently. So that might be the only reason we're tuning in. Uh, apparently, a Dana Brooke sign got confiscated. It's just, it sounds toxic all over again. So basically, the wrestling pendulum tends to swing back and forth between WWE and AEW, and now it's like, oh, WWE is getting to shitty again, perhaps. So it looks like AEW might be the cool thing again. So it didn't really take much for uh, Tony to be loved again, because as long as Gomez Adams is walking around WWE and ruining everything, it's just unbearable. And then, of course, Brock turns on Cody. It's the most predictable thing ever. It's like, whatever. And then Bad Bunny's going to be the highlight of the next pay-per-view. Fuck that guy. It's it's. I'm so sick of it. It's already. And we're only a few days in. We go from night one WrestleMania awesomeness to this. Um. Yeah, maybe it was. I think it was just Tony Khan spamming cagematch.net with his, like, different bot accounts voting. I mean, it was better up. I'm just picturing Tony Khan there, like, spamming everything to get the worst cage match uh, rating of all time for that Raw. Uh, what are your thoughts, Cam? I mean, they, the show wasn't good at all. I mean, KO stuff was good. I mean, I, I agree. They should have brought out a different tag team. I mean, it made sense to me because... They did the showcase matches at WrestleMania. Just call them number one contenders matches. They should have just called them that. And then Street Profits won. They come back the next night on Raw or two nights later on Raw. Hey, we won at WrestleMania. We want to fight you by now. Blah, blah, blah. That's that's fine. Uh, they missed the opportunity. I mean, I think Braun Breaker probably has another match with Carmelo Hayes down in NXT. But I assume he's coming up. I mean, they, had, they could have just had a stare down with him and Bobby Lashley. Build the tension for something possibly down the road instead of just having. I mean, I love... Ali, but, you know, they could have easily put Braun Breaker in there. They could have stared each other down. Whole thing, you know, people in NXT like him. You know, I think he does have the opportunity to possibly be something for the WWE. Um, and then that would have just set the tension there. Easy booking. They just get lazy. Um, I mean, as we assume we're going to talk about the sale next. I mean, I just... Vince coming back. I mean, if you're going to... You were you came back for the sale. You and fucking Nick Kong got what you want. You guys sold your soul to Amari Ari Emanuel, who is a literal piece of shit. If you listen to this podcast, just Google that guy. He is a literal sack of trash human who runs that Endeavor company amongst other music companies that he runs. So you sold your soul to the devil for whatever amount of money that Vince is going to get out of this deal. Then just go away again. You don't have to be in charge. You're not going to make the show any better. Um, I don't know. I just We'll talk about the sale, I assume, next. But Raw was not good. They ripped Cody's balls right from him. Not only did Cody lose in the shittiest way, he just accepted it on Raw. Instead, he's just like, well, me and Brock Lesnar are going to beat you guys in a fucking worthless tag team match. Who cares? Cody should have been irate. Cody should have came out and opened the show. He should have cut off Triple H. The best booking was Triple H come out, rah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, Cody interrupts him. Did you not see this? Triple H could be like, all decisions are final, blah, 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 whatever. Cody should have been irate. And then if you want to get to the tag match at some point, fine. You could have had Brock come out and interrupt him and be like, I, you know, move on or whatever you want to do to get the tag team match. That's fine. But they rip Cody's balls right from him from the start. Like I said, if he, I assume him versus 
I well, I assume it's gonna be Ray and, and Bad Bunny versus Judgment Day. That's probably like the co-main event. Um, I assume the main event is gonna be Brock versus Cody in a match. If Cody doesn't win that fucking match, he's dead. Like I I love that guy. His his return and everything's been great. But if he loses to Roman and then he loses to Brock. He's fucking dead in the water, and he's just going to be a mid-card guy. And at some point, Vince is going to make it be Stardust again. And everything we hope for, you know, is just going to be dead if Vince stays around. But, yeah, it wasn't a good Raw. Um, they built up nothing. I mean, it was fine with the Ray stuff. I think Ray in theory was cool. We need someone to come in now and take on Austin Theory again. Um, they cut Seth Rollins' balls off after having a great match with Logan Paul. Um, it seems to be like... I don't know. We'll see what happens with SmackDown. We'll see what happens going forward. And Vince has the bigger picture. Um, Gun- if I was Gunther, I'd fucking run. Yeah, and I mean, they did nothing for the women's division. They had that tag match. Was it uh, EO and Dakota Sky against? Like, God, I don't even remember who they fought in the tag match now. Um, what did they fight? Liv and Raquel. Liv and Raquel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Liv and Raquel. Yeah. Well, here's a question, too. Shayna and freaking uh, Ronnie won the freaking match, and then they're not even the number one contender match. Make it make sense. Exactly, yeah. And I understand that Ronda's got uh, some kind of, you know, hairline fracture in her wrist or whatever it is. Uh, it's like, okay, well, wh- why can't they just, if they're not doing the tag title match until next week, they could have said, hey, they earned the tag title shot on, uh, you know, from winning at WrestleMania. Like you guys said, those should have just been uh, show- showcase matches, whatever. They should have also been, like, winner gets a tag title shot the next Raw or SmackDown. Like, it's not that hard to uh, figure out with this stuff. But they set nothing up for the women's division. Charlotte's apparently going to be on another hiatus. So, you know, she'll be gone for a while, which I think is fine. I've said in the preview show as much that she's just, you know, stale as a complete character. And even if she were to come back in six months, I don't know what she can do to reinvent herself as a character. Like you've seen Bailey do, like you've seen Becky do, like you've seen Sasha at times do. Um, she's just kind of the same old, same old when it comes to that stuff. Um, yeah, so we don't know what's going to happen on SmackDown on Friday. Who the hell knows? Um, so just real quick, some questions for you guys. What was your favorite? I'll ask you, Chairman, first. What was your favorite match from WrestleMania weekend? Your personal favorite. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte was amazing. Those two ladies beat the shit out of each other. It was personal. You know, it told a good story. And, I mean, unfortunately, I think creative let them down getting us to WrestleMania, but those two ladies, like I said before, they took it personally. They stepped their game up. It was awesome. And Rhea came out looking like a million bucks. You know, Charlotte passed the torch. You could see she was emotional. She was smiling on the outside. You know, she's probably winding her career down, I would assume. You know, probably a few years left, you know, tied daddy's title reigns. Like you said, Justin, she's she's not going to be missed if she's gone. She doesn't have any character death at all. But Rhea is a star. She's phenomenal. She had a conversation with uh, Bianca and... I don't know when that match is going to happen. Maybe WrestleMania 40, but that's going to be a big match when we get there. Yeah, I know some people. I've seen some people say it's the best women's match they've done. I'd have to go back and watch that match, and then the uh, Sasha Bailey match from the first Takeover they had against each other, and then the Becky Charlotte last woman standing match. I think I'd have to watch those three matches in a row to figure out which matches the better one of those one I mean, i'm sure it'd be you'd be picking hairs at that point but i mean i, I will listen to the argument obviously but you just, i haven't seen either of those matches in quite so long um for me 
I think I'm probably going to end up going with the tag title match, the main event in night one. You know, there was so much, there was story there, but it wasn't overdone. Like you'll see sometimes in a Roman Reigns match where he talks too much like to his opponents. But I thought, you know, everything about that was very great from start to finish. Seeing Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens standing on top of the show to, uh, you know, to end it, I thought was great. I mean, you can make an argument that might've been the best tag team match of all time in WWE. Of course, you know, there's other ones out there, but I thought that being a nice conclusion to the Sami Zayn story, I thought for me that was probably my favorite match of the weekend. Uh, which one was yours, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I I think all the best matches came from night one. I mean, I would go the tag titles first, and then like one B would be Rhea and Charlotte, and then one C was Logan Paul, Seth Rollins. I thought that match was really good too. I think they sold a really good story. Again, I mean, night one of WrestleMania was just like, like Triple H had a stroke overnight. And just, I mean, obviously it was a Vince thing or something, but yeah. But I mean, the tag match was was absolutely phenomenal. And what could have been? I mean, like I said two weeks ago, WWE easily can book through the summer if you want to give Roman time off. Cody is the champion, and the Sammy and Kevin Owens versus Solo and the Usos in the, in the six man six man. You could do like a couple of main event pay per views with that easily. But WWE and Vince said, nah, we'd rather do something stupid. All right. Uh, so probably favorite entrance from the weekend. I mean, I thought, like I said, I already kind of touched on it, but I thought Dominic's entrance was really well done. Uh, you know, he's like, we talked about it in the build up to the show. It was such a great character work for him over these last few months uh, and this whole Ray feud. It's been great. Uh, you know, even like I didn't mind the, the involvement of his mom and Aaliyah, too. Uh, I thought that whole story played out well. But like I said, yeah, him. I was really hoping the Mountie was going to be in that car because we all know the Mountie got taken away in one of those uh, vans uh, when he lost his jailhouse match to the big boss man in SummerSlam 1991. Of course, also a uh, shout out to poor guy that got uh, temporarily kicked out of WrestleMania because security said he was impersonating a law enforcement officer while he was wearing a big boss man uniform. Uh, but it's okay because he had a twin towers, uh, t-shirt on underneath it, which was a and the big boss man. And it said, never forget. Uh, so I thought that was, you know, funny in a way, uh, that poor guy, but uh, yeah, that whole entrance I thought was great. Like I said, all my friends that non-wrestling fans that were there after they watched the video package of it, they thought that was a good thing too. Um, that was probably my favorite entrance of the weekend. What was yours, Cam? That one was hilarious. <laughs> I wish he would have kept the mask on a little bit longer, though. If he would have like actually walked into the ring wearing the mask and took it off, I think that would have been the complete presentation. But, I mean, that story has been great. I mean, they're obviously continuing it forward. Um with the stuff with Bad Bunny and stuff, but Dominic's come a hell of a long way from where he was last year at WrestleMania when they were forcing Rey Mysterio and, and Dominic as a tag team uh, down our throats. Um, I mean, that one's there. I think Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins was great too. They kind of screwed up the timing of the plugged-in noise to everyone sing the song, but other than that, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I don't know about. I mean, the Finn Balor's always gets me going. I mean, I'll go with Seth Rollins. I think that one was was really good. Um, since you already picked Dom's. Yeah, the Finn Balor one was cool too. Obviously, seeing the demon again. It didn't help that it was still light out uh, when he was coming out. If it would have been like a little darker, I think it would have been cooler with the demon. But uh, what are your thoughts, Chairman? Your favorite entrance? Yeah, I read somewhere that Seth Rollins' inspiration for that giant red robe was from Rihanna from the halftime show this year. Yes. Super Bowl, 
But um, yeah, for me, it had me Dom and Ray's. I like both of their entrances a lot. Dom's was really funny, especially since two of the police escorts with Dom graduated from Seth Rollins wrestling school, uh, frontman Jossie and Connor Braxton. So it was cool to see those guys. And yeah, I mean, Jesse pretty much nailed when you talked about it, you know, just all that stuff with Dom getting into his family at ringside and the mask. Yeah, I wish he almost would have wrestled with the mask. If I saw him wearing the mask, I was losing my shit. Like, oh, man, this is awesome. If he wrestles with the mask, I'm going to take it off. Ah, I'm bummed out. But, yeah, that, that, was, that was a fun match, fun entrances. You know, Ray doing um, the Eddie's theme and had Snoop with him. It was, it was a, it was, that was a fun match. You know, definitely a good moment. All right. Uh, how about this one, then? Uh, who came out of WrestleMania weekend in a better spot than they were going into it? Um I'll answer the question first. I know I didn't really give you guys these questions, so I'll give you time to uh, to give some thoughts and answers for them. Uh, probably won't like my answer, but I'm going to go ahead and say Austin Theory again. I mean, I said he was getting better as time went on, and I know Chairman would disagree with me, but um, I think, you know, like I said, the match itself wasn't anything great, but I think, you know, just beating John Cena on that stage, you know, if you could get it off the distraction that was John Cena's glaring bald spot that he had in the back of his head, um, being able to open WrestleMania, being able to go one-on-one with John Cena, and yeah, of course, he did heel stuff. He beat him as a heel with the low, uh, low blow, but just be, you have, have that on your record. I think him coming out of WrestleMania, you know, in the eyes of a casual fan who just, oh, John Cena's wrestling? I'm going to turn it on. This Austin Theory guy beats him. I think he comes out better uh, from WrestleMania than he did going in. Um, who do you think, Chairman? Who do you got on that uh, tick? Not Theory. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> John Cena looked like a complete dork. 16-time world champion and you get beat like that. So dumb. But I'm picking Guther because you survive WrestleMania with a late-feet intercontinental title reign. You know, you beat Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. You pinned Drew McIntyre, who hasn't been pinned quite some time. I think it was 2021 was the last time he was pinned. If I read, remember, read this right somewhere right, but you know, um, also a lot of people were hoping Sheamus would have won for the you know, big accomplishment of winning that title, but now, you know, Guthrie passes WrestleMania and I know we touched on this probably like a previous show of that you know, he could easily, I would say easily, but he's definitely approaching territory where he could break the Honky Tonk Man's record for Intercontinental title reign. I guess it depends if uh, Gomez Adams likes the Honky Tonk Man or not, since he's probably the one pulling the strings now. But I would love to see Guther uh, hold the longest Intercontinental Championship reign. We know he was the Lafey champion at NXT UK, so let Guther uh, continue his dominating ways. All right, Cam, who do you think came out better from WrestleMania weekend than they did going in? It's tough because if we were talking about Triple H still 100% in charge and all that stuff, you can make a an argument for Gunther. You can make an argument for Sammy and Kevin Owens. You can make an argument for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, with, with who knows what's going on day to day, week to week with overall booking, I mean, the only people I think that could benefit from, a, let's assume, Vince McMahon controlled WWE is uh, Rhea Ripley, maybe, or... Man, I mean, I want to say Rhea because I can't really think of anyone else that one that with Vincent control says, okay, they're going to go up. Gunther, I would love to see everything Chairman said continue on, lose the title at some point, and then be the challenger for what I thought would be Cody, or they would split the belts. And then, like I said, it opens up opportunities for all kinds of people. 
But with Roman assuming going on some sort of break, still the champion, and no one that we can really think of that says, okay, this guy is going to be the one that breaks the streak. Um, I'm gonna only gonna I'm gonna say Rhea. All right. I think we all know who came out worse from WrestleMania weekend. Um, obviously, that being Cody. Uh, I don't think there's really anybody else. I mean, damn, you can throw damage control in that boat, given that they lost again to Becky and Trish and Lita. Uh, so you could throw them out there. I think Asuka, too, because I think the like chairman said Asuka is 0-5 now at WrestleMania. So uh, she's somebody. Finn Balor. Yes, Finn, Finn, Balor sure. yeah, Finn Balor for sure. Not coming out. Um on top of his feud with Edge. Uh, you got anybody you want to throw out there, Cam? Uh, that just, um, Shane McMahon, no, I, I guess, re- probably, too. You know, he, just, he has a torn quad now. <laughs> I mean, what was Shane going to do? It was going to be Shane and Miz in a match? Yeah, like, I know, right? Yeah. The, like, what, what was the point of that? I thought they... I don't know. I would just. I completely. The funny thing is, I completely missed that when it happened, and I just looked down. I was like looking down at like my phone or the computer, and I looked up, and the next thing I knew, Snoop Dogg was in the ring. I'm like, what? What the fuck happened? And then a couple of my other friends had texted me like, "Did you see that?" I'm like, "No, I didn't see it. What happened?" No, I know everybody missed it apparently. I mean, because no one cared. It was like this is not <laughs> a good, not a good surprise. They could have had anybody come out and do that spot, but they fucking chose Shane. I'm like, Jesus. I would almost taken Goldberg at that point. Um. I mean, there's a lot of people that, yeah, I mean, I think everyone you guys touched on, I think that that I don't think judgment, even though Rhea is the champion and all those things, but I think that Finn could have came out looking a little bit better. Obviously, Dom and Priest are going to get their tag match, so they're going to be in a marquee match, but Judgment Day didn't come out as looking as great as I thought they were going to. Yeah, I agree there. Yeah, um, exactly. we all expected, I think, Finn to win, except you can. We picked Edge. Um, um yeah, it's just weird. I thought for sure, again, I thought that could have been an easy slot for Jay White to slide into, but we'll get to that at some point, uh, kicking Finn Balor out of the group. Um, so, yeah, then, of course, we have the, you know, it was rumored on Sunday and made official on Monday, the sale of the WWE to um, now form a new kind of, like, you know, joint kind of, company under Endeavor where you've got UFC and WWE under one corporate umbrella uh, with actually Vince McMahon being higher ranking than uh, Dana White. Um, So it was for about $9.3 billion uh, that the sale was made for. And now we're going to have both these people under the same umbrella. Um, Cam, it seems like you know a little bit more about the guy that runs Endeavor than, uh, than I do. Why don't you just touch on that and kind of, Give your thoughts on the sale when you heard about it. I mean, supposedly they've been talking in talks for a while now to get this sale going. So, um, I mean, it is what it is. They're going to blur the lines now, probably with UFC and WWE, which, I mean, some people might like and it might spark some interest if you have the casuals or if you see Conor McGregor come in. I swear to God, Conor McGregor is the one that beats Roman Reigns. I'm going to fucking be very upset. (laughs) Um, I mean, Ari Emanuel, he has just ties with music and everything like that and he's he's not a, a good person and then if you just look at all the people that are on the board of this company they're they're not good people and then you encompass that with dana white who you know likes to beat up on women and vince did all the stuff he did it seems like the kind of place that if vince stays in control i mean should i i fear i fear for the return of sammy and kevin and gunther and a lot of these guys that have been getting booked very well these last few months that may want to leave or get booked like shit and either take a huge payday to stay or, you know, leave. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. I, it is what it is. We knew it was kind of coming. We felt that it was coming, and it seemed like WrestleMania was kind of like the last, like, okay, you know, this is what we can do. This is what we can offer. They're saying it's the biggest financial um, success in WrestleMania history, so who knows if that's even true or not. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I thought when Vince came back was to help with the sell. You know, Nick Khan obviously comes in to help the company make sales. It is what it is, but if Vince is going to stay in control and stay on board, and they got all these other guys who don't know shit about pro wrestling, and I just really fear for the company going forward. Yeah, um, it doesn't seem like, you know, it seems like morale was down. Uh, if you believe the reports backstage at Raw this past Monday, obviously we talked about all the changes that were made. The women's number one contender triple threat match is being scrapped for a random tag title match and an Omos match. Vince apparently getting back to Gorilla. It just seems like everybody got kicked in the uh, the you know gut uh, after such a strong weekend for them. And it sucks, you know, and we'll see what kind of effects it has on SmackDown now coming up on Friday. Um, if it's kind of the same thing, they actually have stuff advertised for SmackDowns already. So who knows? Maybe they'll stick to that. But of course, that could always change at 745 if Vince is there running things. Triple H is given a speech again. Probably, you know, maybe it's something similar to what he did on Raw. Yeah, I think Chairman said earlier it's going to be some kind of like fans are going to try to chant fire Vince during the show, which, you know... God bless you, but there's a reason they can mute crowd mics, and honestly, they probably really don't care because they already have your money. So, you know, Godspeed to you, but I don't think it'll make much of a difference unless you started passing out those, like, when they handed out the Kofi Mania signs or the Becky Lynch signs, those little small paper signs, just have passing out Fire Vince signs instead. Uh, that might be a little bit better, but even then, those all get confiscated right away. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think. I mean... If Vince is around, obviously it's bad. Like Cam said, just take your money, dude, and leave. Go retire somewhere. Keep your mustache. Just go to, I don't know, like Mexico and just bang a bunch of girls. You know, free, whatever. You know, just stay away from my WWE product that's been so great since Triple H took over. And don't ruin it. And don't think, you know, wonder why when you got people not signing with you or people leaving with you back in charge wondering what the big deal is. Um, what do you think, Chairman, when you heard the sale go down? Yeah, there's concern for sure. Cause like UFC, you know, obviously it's a huge product, but obviously the demographics are kind of different to some aspect. Obviously WWE likes to brand themselves as entertainment for families and stuff like that. Whereas UFC is more towards adults. You know, you're not going to have your six-year-old watch a UFC fight. You know, you might and, you know, do what you want to do. But, you know, probably not recommended. I mean, I'm not – whatever. Anyways, you know, WWE obviously caters to kids. You know, they went PG how many years ago. You know, they did away with a lot of the blood and the, you know, all that jazz from, you know, the ruthless aggression, agitated era, you know, days. So, you know, my question is like, okay – Peacock obviously has the streaming rights to WWE. Is there a contract that may not be picked up when that time comes? Is WWE Endeavor, whatever, going to start making us pay 50, 60 bucks a month for premium live events? Because I'll tell you right now, I'm not giving Tony that kind of money right now. I'm definitely not going to give Gomez Adams that kind of money for B-level pay-per-views. I mean, let's be real. I'll probably just be Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. I mean, that's it, maybe. Like, I, I'm not going to throw that kind of money around every month. And then most people aren't. And if you say you're looking out for 
family entertainment and you know both families right now in this you know uh world they can't afford 50 60 bucks a month at least vw it's only about four or five times a year for the rest of for that as wwe they crank them out you know once a month sometimes twice a month so i'm that's my big concern obviously with this uh, merger i mean we don't know much else really about it at the moment i mean like you guys said the best thing is for creepy stash guy is to go away and let triple h do his thing because obviously people are going to want to leave people aren't going to sign with you and it's going to be scary times ahead for wrestling again unfortunately if this thing stays around yeah i believe the peacock deal goes through 2025 or 2026 one of those two so there's really i don't think we have to worry about that for hopefully at least another three years um we'll see what happens after that but yeah i mean i'm with you i mean you know you get older, you're a homeowner, you got kids, you got, you know, trips, you got school stuff you got to pay for. It's just like you're not in your 20s anymore when you can, at least we aren't, uh, in your 20s anymore. We can just, you know, shell out 40 or 50 bucks a month to pay for this stuff. It doesn't work like that. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on SmackDown on Friday and Raw next Monday to see what kind of fingerprints we have of Vince on this actual show. Um, so that's our WWE WrestleMania stuff to talk about. So let's finish up here with talking about all the stuff that happened on Dynamite this past week. Uh, I think, you know, two big things, um, at least, well, I guess one big thing, but, you know, from the roster standpoint, we had the debut of Jay White pretty much right away, um, you know, within minutes debuting on AEW Dynamite and taking out Ricky Starks. Um, I said that the fact that he saved us from a Juice Robinson match makes his AEW um, career one of the better ones in recent memory as far as debuts go, because I don't need to see a Juice Robinson match anytime soon. And then, of course, we had FTR winning the AEW tag titles from the Gun Club and basically confirming they're sticking around with AEW. And you wonder how much the fact that there were rumors beforehand that Vince was coming back possibly played a role in this. I mean, there were people still confident that Jay White were signing apparently with WWE even as going into WrestleMania weekend. And that didn't end up happening. I'm sure we'll get the story coming out in the newsletter, Wrestling Observer newsletter and other stuff over the next day or two as far as the story behind Jay White signing with AEW. And, of course, the decision of FTR to stay with AEW as well. Although I'm getting the more and more sense that that whole thing between FTR and them leaving was more of a work and that maybe their contracts weren't ever really up and they were really just playing this angle and everybody bought it. Um, so I'll ask you this, Cam, first. Which one were you more surprised by, Jay White showing up or FTR winning the tag titles? Um, I'm going to say Jay White showing up. I mean, I, you know, it wasn't a typical Tony Khan, I got a big announcement to make like they announced for all in um but you know he shows up he beats up on ricky starks uh, he's gonna come in and be in a little mini bullet club stable with him and juice robinson which screams rampage and dark to me um i mean who knows maybe this has been in the works for a while or maybe he was on the fence and as soon as you know he got word from his buddies in wwe that they were gonna get sold to fucking you know a bunch of a bunch of fanboys or a bunch of uh crazy boys running the company and who knows what the wrestling direction is going to be that he, you know, decided to go with AEW and maybe take a lesser payday. Who knows? Um, one of those things that we'll never really know probably, but him showing up was, I mean, wasn't a big deal really that I think I was more surprised by that. Like the crowd reacted and, but it wasn't like as huge of a deal as I thought it was going to be. It's Jay White. He has a presence about him. Maybe they should have done 
some the, that later in the show. I don't really know. It was kind of awkward the way he kind of just came out and the show was like 30 seconds into it. We're like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to start or whatever. Um, it is what it is. And then I, I kind of agree with the FTR stuff. I think that they probably were negotiating, but they were going to sign, but they said, they told Tony they were going to play out this angle and it's a way to get them back on the titles, um, which they deserve. They finally are doing that. Um, and we just want good pro wrestling. You know, I was thinking about this earlier and like the whole, if WWE is bad, then AEW is good and vice versa. And that's the way it's been kind of going. I mean, we're not here to, to root on like it's sports teams, like, you know, Justin's rooting for the bills and Steven's rooting for the Panthers and I'm rooting for the Cowboys. We just want to see a good show and it would be great if both could be good at the same time. Cause it would just make competition better, but maybe Tony's stepping his game up. He sees a weakness and a possibility to get people back more interested in AEW and we'll see what they're going to do going forward. All right, Chairman, how about you? What were your thoughts uh, with the two decisions from this past Wednesday? I would say Jay White was a bigger surprise because we knew the FTR match was happening. We knew the stipulation at hand. Of course, eight probably wasn't signed until we all saw Creepy Gomez Adams lurking around. So FTR was like, Tony, 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 we're not shaving our backs again on live TV. We're, we're staying. We're staying. So that's probably what happened there. But, um, you know, Jay White, you know, we kind of heard, like, you know, we saw Raw and Jay White, okay, probably would have showed up at Raw if he was coming back. I should say coming back being his debut, but um, he did show up at Raw, obviously. No one did, except for Riddle, which we didn't even talk about before because that's that irrelevant. But um, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, no Jay White, probably going to EW, and then he shows up. It was crazy, too. Like, he literally showed up right at the start of the program, too, and beat the crap out of uh, Ricky Stars. I'm like, oh, nice. Like, I was just like kind of sitting there, you know, Ricky Stars, okay, whatever, you know, facing Juice Robinson. Cool, you know, match, you know, kind of just look at my phone. All of a sudden, you hear the old Switchblade themes kick off. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It took me like a mid, like, register what's going on. I'm like, oh, shit, Jay White's in AEW. Ah, nice. You know, I got all excited. You know, I kind of wish we would like cut a promo or something, but, you know, that didn't happen, but I'm sure, you know, we'll probably hear more Jay White story here in a bit. And, you know, I kind of think maybe the reason why he did go to AEW. Obviously, for reasons I already talked about, but you know, like let's be real, you know, he obviously does have ties with New Japan, wrestling there for how long, and I know that AEW and New Japan probably have that relationship, so some guys can probably come over for Forbidden Door if they do that again, or you know, you know, some guys will stop in, like Tomohiro Ishii will stop in, so maybe they can do a match, or maybe they'll get Okada for a show, you know, so you know, you know, that keeps Jay White's options open to wrestle with those guys again, you know, because obviously he has history with those guys, but obviously there's you know, stories of, you know, Kenny Omega or Adam Cole or whoever else. So I think that's probably where Jay ultimately wanted to be. You know, we don't know the stories. Maybe we'll more leak out from the dirt sheets here later this week. But I heard Kota Zabushi's name coming up now, maybe going to EW. So this could be fun times for EW if uh, they can sign some of these big boys. Yeah, Jay White's more surprising for me, mostly because he lost the loser leaves Japan and then he lost the match to um... – Eddie Kingston, where he couldn't go back and wrestle in Japan. Like, there's two separate matches, so I forget what each stipulation was for each. But to me, that basically put out there, I'm like, well, okay, well, AEW's got a working relationship with New Japan. If he's losing those matches, he's clearly going to WWE. And when that didn't end up happening, and he ends up showing up in AEW, where he has ties to New Japan, they used his New Japan theme song uh, for his debut. That's what I was like, oh, okay, well, is he going to try to find a way to go back in Japan and fight there? Uh, even though, like, from what I know of Japanese wrestling, they're very strict when it comes to some stipulation stuff like that. So, yeah, to me, Jay White stuff was more of a, of a surprise. Um, FTR, you know, retaining or re winning the tag titles. You know, the more that kept going, the more I thought it was kind of like a, a work the whole time or at least part of the time. And they just played it up a lot on Twitter in order to get people talking about it. 
And then, of course, AEW announced they're doing All In uh, a weekend before All Out, assuming they're still doing All Out. And about a month before their big, you know, Arthur Ashe show they normally do in New York City uh, at Wembley Stadium in London, which holds uh, like 90,000 people when it's, you know, set up for a soccer event. So I don't know how they're going to set it up for a wrestling event. I don't know what their break even number is to try to, you know, make it look good. But obviously it's a big push for Tony Khan. He probably thinks he can get a decent amount of people there. I mean, Again, we just talked about spending money on pay-per-views. There's no way I could spend money to travel across the pond to England. Like you're looking at what a four or five hundred dollar plane ticket, and whatever the tickets are going to cost for that show. I mean, it's a big venture for him. Uh, I, you know, I give him credit for trying. I just wondering how many people they're actually going to get in this arena um, for the show. Uh, especially, I know how are you going to build the show, especially if you're still going to do all out the following week. So who the hell knows? Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Cam, when you heard all of this happening from Tony, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really think about that. I was, I, in my mind, I was just assuming this was in replace of All Out this year. Like we're going to do All In, and Tony Khan's All In by going All In. That he has ties in England, obviously, so I'm sure he got a, a relatively good rate as far as booking a, a fucking giant soccer stadium goes. Um, I mean, I, I. Think they can do it's ninety thousand, so you figure another what five ten thousand floor seats. So you're looking at a hundred, around a hundred. Well, if you block off that side for the entrance wrap and all that stuff, let's just call it let's just call it eighty thousand people. Um, I feel like they could get pretty close to it, maybe like fifty ish, sixty. I mean, you consider that the UK wrestling fans are already crazy anyway. So when the WWE goes over there, I can assume that it's AEW going over there to do a big show that. They, they can get a solid number. I don't know if they'll sell it out, but they'll get a really, really good good number, especially if they can get a couple of big matches booked ahead of time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's them striking while the iron's hot. They haven't really done a show over there. They might as well, you know, try to do something big. The roster is relatively healthy. Um, you know, everyone's basically back that's missing, except for CM Punk, but who knows if he'll ever come back. So they have all of their ducks in a row. Let's just see what kind of card they can put out. Um, and then on, uh, real quick, I want to change my pick from uh, Jay White being the biggest surprise to uh, MJF holding, being able to sing pretty well as my biggest surprise from uh, yesterday's uh, Dynamite. <laughs> all right, sounds good. What are your thoughts, uh, Chairman, as far as this announcement going to, over to England? Yeah, that's a big venue to fill up in Wembley. You know, it's an iconic venue, and, you know, the fans over there in England love their wrestling. So I'm sure they'll uh, fill it up pretty good. I mean, it all kind of depends on what matches that they do. And, of course, I don't know if All Out's going to happen this year now or not. I mean, that'd be crazy to do two shows back-to-back weekends. But, you know, I've seen crazier things. But, um, you know, I wonder if maybe if they'll make amends with Pepsi Phil and uh, get him booked against Kenny Omega and they can have a big uh, All Out brawl. I mean, I guess we'll kind of see what happens. But uh, I guess that's going to be – a big week if uh, things go to plan. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting times ahead for AEW trying to possibly take advantage of a WWE that may be struggling a little bit, you know, depending on what the hell is going on behind the scenes. So no matter what ends up happening, we'll definitely be here to talk about it on the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin signing off and we will talk to you guys later.